All right, welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Uh, Jacob Dahlin, uh, I'm your host today and every day. <laughs> but today's guest, uh, dual citizen, Swiss, Canadian, now head coach in Boden, Dion Anteson, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, real excited to be on here. It's, uh, you know, I've listened to a few episodes now, so I'm really excited to be a part of this and I uh, love what you're doing here. So, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. Thanks. So, so uh, uh, referral from previous guest that will be uh, released just a little bit uh, before this one, uh, Nicholas Carlson, who's your assistant coach in J20, but head coach in J18. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick and I, uh, we actually work together in the office here. Um, but yeah, very close relationship. Um, we really want to integrate that J20, J18 uh, culture. So we've been working a lot together and it just made sense for him to to help out as an assistant coach when he can and, and be on yeah. the bench with me and at practice. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty impressive young man uh, uh, mm -hmm. for, I mean, he's going places, that's for sure. So, mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about your background. Uh, first, because you're, you, you got a unique background, not just because you're a, you're a Canadian coach in, in Sweden, but, but give a little bit. Of, uh, so I'll give a little perspective on this podcast. We've recorded over 80 episodes now and a little bit of history with Buden because we had um, Henry Akers, who I think was GM or coach up there. It was early, early on uh, last year. We recorded him. And um, so he's a Canadian that was coaching in Sweden. Bryant Perrier from Penticton, Canada, which is south of where you're from, yeah. uh, who's coaching in Ormol. So it's a little bit of um, of a of a history of Canadians now coaching in Sweden, which is interesting. Mm hmm. But your yeah. your background, because you you know, if you go to Elite Prospects, uh Antisin A I N A N T I S I N for you that want to look him up. Uh but you're born in Lugano, Switzerland. Uh originally I was actually born in Canada, um uh, right. But uh by at three months old, I was on my first international flight over to Switzerland. Um yeah, my my dad played professional hockey for uh, just around 20 years. So um, that kind of lifestyle was was kind of normal for me right from the start. Um, you know, I, I got to go to, you know, NLA games, National League games in Switzerland um, from pretty much three months old till I was nine. Um, lived in that culture, lived in that environment for, yeah, my whole life now. But uh, growing up, it was definitely interesting, you know, winters in Switzerland, summers in Canada, and especially Kelowna, it's a it's a beautiful place. So it was uh, a pretty. I've heard, I've heard so much. You know, when you talk talk and listen to other people talking about, you know, what was your best year in professional hockey? Uh, and there's like, well, you can't beat sweet. Uh, you know, the, the, you can't best beat living in in Switzerland. I wish I would have done three more years there. Is what people mm -hmm. say. Um, yeah, it, it's a beautiful country. I mean, it's it's small. Like the travel was nothing when I played there and when I lived there like four hours and you're across the whole country or you're in you know another place um whether it's France Italy Germany or Austria or something like everything was so close but you know you got everything in Switzerland it was you know the mountains you got the landscapes um just that style of life that they they're very relaxed there 
they're very intense about hockey, but it's it's disappeared there for me. Did I lose you? Yep. So we, oh, we'll, okay, we're back. That's all right. It, we got a little bit of a bad connection. We'll cut it mm -hmm. out a little bit. So. No. so let me ask you too. So when did you grow? How long did you live in Switzerland or when, when did your dad move back home? Uh, my dad had a knee injury um, when I was nine years old. So we, we moved back to Canada permanently after that. So you grew. So you actually started skating and and playing youth hockey in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. So I I um, spent my first couple of years in in Zug, following my dad's career, and yeah. then uh, did most of uh, my time in Lugano. It was about four years in Lugano from four to eight, and then it was kind of ended in uh, Geneva, which was the French part there. But uh, yeah, that that was pretty much the winners for me, which was pretty cool. Not too, not, not bad places to grow up. No, so, not at all. And then you moved. So your dad, is he from, because if, if we look at kind of your, um, where exactly is Notre Dame Hounds housed? Is that in Penticton? Oh, I lost you again. Oh. oh okay. Uh, yeah, my dad was born in Vancouver. Um, okay. but both his parents were, uh, European descent. So his dad was Croatian and came over during the war. And then my grandma was Swiss who also came over, uh, just after the war. And then they met up in Canada and he, he took advantage of the Swiss, uh, citizenship right away, got over there. Um, after his WHL career, he tried out with the Boston Bruins, I believe. And when he didn't make that team, he's just like, well, I'm going to go to Europe. So. From and there but, it was easy for him. So what about in Canada? Where, where is he from uh, other than Vancouver? I mean, because I, I know he's got a history with Notre Dame and, and you do too. But where exactly is that? Um, He he pretty much played all his minor hockey in Vancouver. Uh, then he went to the WHL. And I believe it was the Victoria Cougars back in the day um, that he played for three years with. Uh, and then before the WHL, he played one year a junior with the Kelowna Buckaroos. Okay. Which which both are teams that don't exist anymore. I think uh, Victoria went up to Prince George, became the Prince George Cougars. And then uh, Kelowna Buckaroos just, I think, dissolved or became the Westside Warriors, maybe. So how did he end up? So so Notre Dame's in, I'm, I'm looking it up here now, Wilcox, Canada, which is in Saskatchewan, right? Yeah. N not necessarily right next door to uh, Vancouver. No, no, I, I don't think he was ever in Notre Dame at any point. Oh, um, okay. So how did you end up there? Um, I had an op opportunity to go um, and, and just uh, get out of Kelowna. And, and, you know, I was naturally a kid that just liked to be, try different things, you know, growing up, traveling all the time. It was kind of, you know, tough to just stay in Kelowna and so I I got the opportunity to go to Notre Dame um, and, and, and that's a that's a prep school boarding school there in Saskatchewan yeah, right? yeah in Saskatchewan yeah it's uh you know a prestigious hockey school with a great education program so um you know there's been some notable names that have gone through Barry Trotz Rob Brendamore um and so Jaden Schwartz still in Dubai right now in the NHL so there's a lot of names out of that one 
Well, I'm in North Carolina, so we hear a lot about Brenda Moore and him growing up there and um and 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 making a name for himself before he went mm-hmm. to uh turn pro. So mm-hmm. uh, so so what age did you were you when you first were you like 15 when you moved out there? Yeah, yeah, 15, so it would have been my first year of U18. Um I actually went there with high hopes of making the AAA team that won TELUS, but uh, I actually ended up playing single-A hockey my first year. Um, yeah. You know, worked my way through for three years, uh, single-A, double-A, then triple-A, and then junior. Uh, I played two and a half years, I guess, there as well. Yeah, and I mean, so let's talk a little bit about about your junior, junior career, because I mean, uh, so in the CCHL, so the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, Notre Dame Hounds has a team there mm-hmm. in that and plays Humboldt and, you yeah. know, that's a pretty dang good league. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good league. I mean, you know, Battleford was in the finals last year um, and they were almost undefeated during our season. It was it was an incredible team to one coach against and just to watch them play was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and when I played, uh, Yorkton was one of the top teams in Canada. They won the uh, RBC Cup the one year. Um, they were a uh, Western Cup team the year before. And so it was it was a really good league at that point as well. Um, it, it was and we, tough, wa- and we want to mention, too, that this is not too far, not too long ago. Right. Yeah. In yeah, reality, this would have been I about mean, you, 10 I mean, years ago. Yeah, ten years ago. I mean, you're you're a young guy, and and yeah. and now we'll talk about your coaching career in in, in a second. But mm. but what's your opinion of you know we haven't on the podcast we really haven't talked too much about the the Canadian juniors. We've talked more about the the North American juniors, but specifically now when when the uh, BCHL is open up for for, for Europeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you were playing in in the Saskatchewan juniors. You know, for those who don't know, there's no Europeans allowed to play unless you've done like three years of prep school or you could have went to like Notre Dame, mm-hmm. go to prep and then you you get um, you can go that route. But if you look at and there's not a lot of Europeans in the junior A's. No, no. Um, And in the CJ, there there is a rule. I don't know how many. Or how it works, but yeah, there's a rule against just bringing in import players from that area yeah. or outside how, of North America. What's your opinion out of the out of the? So take out BCHL for a second, mm-hmm. but you know you've got the the OHL, WHL, and the Q, which is tier one mm-hmm. in Canada. But but that second level of of um, you know we always kind of considered okay. BCHL has been its beast of its own for a while, right? And then you got what would you consider? I mean, AJHL being the second strongest, and maybe Saskatchewan Juniors third, or yeah, and and I mean it's 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 kind of every year it it, it changes. Um, yeah. I mean Brooks Brooks Bandits have been solid for a long time now. Yeah. Um, but you know, the OJ has really good teams and players that come out of there. Uh, there's players that come out of the CC all the time, the central Canadian, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, the more times on the East coast there have, have some great teams. So as, as a, like a whole level that tier two has really good players and teams that they compete each year for now the centennial cup, um, which is, you know, the best team from every province, 
meets up in a place and and plays for the cup so it's and it's always good games um you know there there's some blowouts here and there but you know most of the players that go there are are dominant players at the junior level what what was what was it like for you so going into Notre Dame i mean that's a elite you know that's mm -hmm. where you know one of the top top teams and everybody goes there hoping to go to the NHL right mm -hmm. at what point did you start thinking about juniors and how was that making that transition for you to say and and did you get drafted in the SJHL or how does that work in the junior um, yeah so so the draft for the SJ is just Saskatchewan born players um playing in Saskatchewan they they get drafted to uh Saskatchewan teams um but but for me I was you know I remember I I went to uh two two um BCHL camps and was talking to a few other teams at the time and I was just you know I wanted to go to a, a couple teams I think it was uh it was Nanaimo and Powell River were the two teams that I went to and yeah, I love the island of Vancouver so I was just like you know what I want I want to go up there um ended up not making either team and I remember at that point I was like what what am I going to do so I I called the junior coach at Notre Dame, Kevin White, who coached there for a while. And I was like, you know what? Do you, do you still have a spot that I can earn? Like, I'll come try out this and that. And he's like, yep, you're going to earn it every step of the way. And, uh, you know, for me, for him taking me back there, um, you know, it, it was phenomenal. Um, I think I really played the way that he liked it, which was just a tough two-way power forward. I wasn't going to be the guy that scored a nice goal. I think none of my goals came from outside of 10 feet. Um, but but I was just a hard player to play against and, you know, earn my spot. As well, I say. so so let's let's give a little perspective to six. Your, your profile says six foot one ninety four. So not a little guy. No. Nope. Right? Uh, and first year. Well, not counting the, the two games in the tw mm -hmm. 11, 12, but first year, real year. 53 games, 36 points, not too shabby, 148 pins. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I just had to, you know, go out and make a name for myself was was my mentality. So I went out there and I was uh, I was a dick of a hockey player. That's the easiest way to put it. And uh, I had to fight a few times and, you know, do whatever it took. Um, but, you know, it, it's a tough league, that SJ. Um, yeah. So I know that, you know, I'm not a small guy, but I went up against quite bigger guys and I didn't always win the fights, but you know, the, the guys loved it that I played for. And, uh, I was always kind of like a spark, you know, if the team needed it, I would go out and do something that just got everybody, you know, back into the game or something. So that was a blast for me. I love that kind of game. So a little marshy, yeah. a little marshy, yeah. <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> what about, all right. And then I see here, Austin Bruins, uh, which is in Minnesota, right? Yeah, um, Wait, so, so that's a little bit of a detour there. How did you end up playing six games with them in the Nall? So uh, that summer, I actually got drafted to Waterloo, Iowa, uh, okay. in the USHL. Um, ended up wow. going down there for you know the start of the season. Uh, got injured late in training camp. Um, stuck around for another couple weeks. You know, one of the games that my first was going to be my. First first game back I got injured in the practice before so I was out again for another couple weeks lost you again 
had some oh. games before you come back. I lost oh. you there for a second. So you said you were got you got injured there. Yeah, so I got injured the the second time just before what was supposed to be my first game, and you know after I came back from that one, the coach just told me that you know I need to I need to see you play again. I need to get you back in shape. Like you haven't really done enough. So I was okay. Go down to Austin. Um, you know, Chris Talk was the coach there at the time, who was you know a pretty big name for the NHL. And when uh, I went down there, I was you know excited. Played the six games. Really enjoyed my time there. Um, and then when I went back to Waterloo, it was the uh, Christmas break. So met with the coach PK O'Hanley, and he was like, you know what, we we got our imports now. We're we're kind of full. Like. I can move you or we can send you back. You can go to Austin. And he gave me a few options and, you know, being away from home at 19 and injured and all that stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with what I know. And uh, after Christmas, I went back to Notre Dame. So yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind of four, four and a half months for me there. So how do you, how would you describe um, the difference between SJ and Nall? A little bit older league in the Nall, right? More older players. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was the same kind of like tough style of play. Um, what what I really noticed, and and this is going back ten years, um, and I think the NA has taken a big step since. Was most teams you played either had a top line or top two lines, and then it, it kind of was like a a rough tough game for the bottom two lines. Like there were some tough guys out there that you know could take you out if you weren't ready but uh i think now the na has turned into more of a, a four line skilled league that that dominates um it's a little bit of difference between north and south um mm-hmm. in in especially the south is probably a little bit more you know if you're looking at the average size player in the south versus the north it's a little bit of difference yeah yeah and uh I mean, I, I was only in the North and I only played the Northern teams and, and there were some Minnesota boys that, that could play the puck and they moved it well. Um, so it was, it was really cool to be in the NA and, you know, looking back, I probably should have stayed there um, just because of what it's become today and how, how well it is progressing in junior hockey. But at the same time though, you got to look back at your career and been like, yeah, from, from working yourself up from single A to double A to triple A to getting draft or getting in the, in the freaking USHL. I mean, yeah, you've probably earned it, but mm-hmm. not a lot of people can, 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 uh, um, I mean, yeah, a little bit of role player probably, but at the same mm-hmm. time, um, that's pretty, pretty big accomplishment. Uh, so then college for a couple of years, but, uh, and then you ended up in, in Switzerland. What, didn't wasn't for you or what was uh college you know so you you're probably then how old were you then when you went to uh concordia Uh, i would have been 21 at that time okay and uh, college was fun um you know the the coach and i got along but you know the the my style of player and his style of coach just wasn't working so um decided to to move on and Actually, that that summer I was contemplating quitting hockey. Yeah. Um, and then the the Vegas uh, UNLV and University of Las Vegas GM reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, like, 
do you want to come play for us? Heard through the grapevine that you were thinking of quitting. And I was like, sure, I'll go live in Vegas for a year, play hockey, go to school, see what life's about. And uh, how, super fun. Yeah. How would you describe, you know, uh, that year of, you know, people, yes, there's a difference between NCAA and ACHA, right? <laughs> but, and, and it is different, but it's, it's still, there's a lot of good ACHA teams, but what's the difference in the, in the mentality of, right? You're going there because you, did you get a, re, a, a restart or a spark of playing because less pressure and. Yeah, it wasn't even the pressure. It was just it, hockey became fun again. Yeah. Um, and it was it was kind of crazy because, you know, I went there thinking that I was going to be the hot shot NCAA like this yeah, and yeah, that. Yeah. But there were some good teams and good players that we played. Um, You know, we played Arizona State's club team. Uh, we played Arizona University and there were some really good players on that. Like there was a division one player that came back to Arizona to play. Yep. Um, so there were so some really good players in that level too, but uh, it just reminded me why I play the game again. And awesome. from, from there, I was like, you know what? I, I got to try, you know, I got the dual citizen. I'm going to go try and play in Europe. Um, and, and that's kind of what led me back to, to Switzerland. Yeah. So how does that, uh, yeah, so you played a couple of years in Switzerland and, and, uh, was, did, did you have, was that because of the, the connections of that you kind of had already formed or like that itch of, man, I can always go out there and have, have a different experience. It, it never really crossed my mind until that, that last year, um, of college where I was like, you know what, like. As fun as ACHA was, it wasn't, you know, going to be for me long term. So I was like, you know, I'm I'm going to try and go and and make a career out of this. So yeah. from there, I, I decided to, you know, try and go to Switzerland. I, I had a tryout with uh, Zurich's farm team there, Kusnok. Um, stuck around for a bit and then went down to Geneva's farm team, um, which was Sion there. Yeah. And had a, had a great year with uh, another Canadian coach, uh, Joby Messier, um, who who brought me in and was like, yeah, you're going to be the role player that you were in Canada. And you're going to just I don't he actually told me in a conversation, he's like, I don't care if you score a point this year. The way you play is going to piss off everybody in Switzerland. So just go do your thing. <laughs> and from there, I was I was having a blast. It was a great team. Um, we made it second round of playoffs before we just the wheels kind of fell off for us but it was it was an awesome awesome time that first year there that's another thing i noticed about your profile really is you know uh lots of playoffs mm -hmm. it's like uh you know there's 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 players to have their entire career playing in the minus right mm -hmm. but you but you've been able to be on teams that every year goes to the playoffs. That must be pretty fun, you know, which yeah, means you're winning I, a lot of games, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, that that's where the season starts. That's, that's where the fun begins because playoff hockey is a whole different than the yeah. season. Like players really get to, to prove who they are as a hockey player in playoffs. So my goal every year was just make it to playoffs. And then we get to be the real, the real beast of the playoffs and, and prove that, you know, this is us. We're a top team. We can, we can do this. So yeah. Playoff hockey. There's nothing like it. Yeah. All right. So um, yeah. So, so, so very, very 
interesting background and 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 uh and at some point you decided all right coaching is where i'm gonna uh talk about that transition to going back to to say i'm gonna go back and coach a prep team it it wasn't um easy i'll say that i uh my last year of uh playing there I, I actually ended up injuring my hip and fractured it through my pelvis. Um, so it was uh, it was kind of a, yeah, you can't play anymore. I remember getting three opinions from doctors and they were just like, you can't skate or else you're going to be in a wheelchair if, if you keep on this route. So the the decision to step away from hockey was was tough there. Um, March of that, my final season. And from there, I was just kind of lost for, you know, a summer. I was, what am I going to do? Do I got to go back to school? Am I going to do this? Am I going to work a construction job? And I think late July, I ended up calling uh, an old, uh, the head the head of hockey at Notre Dame, Jeremy Millamuck at the time. And I was like, hey, do you want to be a reference for me on uh, my uh, resume? And I'll send it. I'm going to go to POE Pursuit of Excellence, which is now Rink Kelowna. And I was going to give them my uh, resume. And he goes, nope, you're going to get a job at Notre Dame because I'm going to hire you right now and bring you in to be a coach. I was like, okay, that that's easy enough. And so I think the next day I packed my stuff, drove out to Saskatchewan. And yeah, and then I started that uh, the CSSHL U15 assistant coach there. Wow. So, so it was, it was uh, connections that you had already made before that. Mm -hmm. So what about, what's your relationship? You know, how, how has your, been your relationship with your dad going through this process of being a player? And since he's been, because he's been coaching too, right? Yeah. 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 It was, because uh... this was not like, hey, this wasn't handed to you by, by your dad's connections. This was your connections, right? Mm hmm but yeah, what, exactly. How did he guide you in 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 this process? Oh, he he still does. He's still a mentor for me to this day. Like I uh I I usually call him up, you know, every couple of weeks. Hey, I got this going on. You know what? What what would you do in this situation? How would you handle this? Um but, you know, when I was, you know, ending as a player, he kind of went through the same thing uh, yep. a little bit more into his career, but I was just talking to him and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lost right now. Like, what do I do? And he's like, you got to just do whatever feels right. If whether that's going back to school, going to work or coaching, like just do what feels right and and follow your path. Like I was 23 or 24 at the time. So yeah. I was like, you know, you're a man, you, you can figure this out. But, you know, if if you get down to the tough questions now, come to me and, and we'll find out. But he wanted me to make the mistakes and learn on my own. And we discussed that. I think when I was going to Notre Dame, that it was, you're going to make mistakes in your career. You're going to make choice mistakes. You're, you're going to, it's going to happen, but you have to make them so that you can't blame anyone else. It's, it's on you and you got to trust your heart and your gut. So, um, but what I, I like the guidance a lot. But what a great place to be though, is in a, in an environment where you, let's face it that's not a that's not a um that's a high profile place where you got good really solid professionals around you mm -hmm. and probably a mix of experience right 
Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's a great training ground to be able to go in where you can actually also contribute, but also learn a ton by doing. Yeah. And, and like my dad's great for me because he, he wants me to come in with detailed questions for him. You know, why isn't this working? What have you tried? How can, you know, I help. And, you know, if it's, you know, whether my power play is not working, if it's not working, what have I tried? What haven't I tried this or that? And he'll break it down. Okay. Go simple, go simple. Try this, try this. Or I have this player, this thing in practice, drill in practice that you can do. And it just, it's, it's another voice that you get um, when you feel like you're running around. Yeah. And then, so you did four years and the, and the last year there before this one was back at, with the junior team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was a phenomenal <laughs> year with those guys. Um, we had some really good players on that team. Um, you know, Jared Sitch, who's now at Mercyhurst uh, College, NCAA Division One. Um, we had Will Dawson, who's uh, committed to Air Force NCAA and playing in the NA this year. So it was it was a fun year um, coaching those guys, those, those high skill. And there, there's other names that I could say in that list. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a blast to be able to go back and, and you know, coach those 18, 19, 20 year olds that, you know, they're there to make hockey as best they can and move and make it a career. But you're also able to have fun with them as, you know, as adults. Yeah. And so talk about your coach there. So Brett, Brett Pilkington. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, Brett, Brett and I still chat probably every couple of days. Um, we just talk hockey. Uh, he really kind of showed me uh, probably my four years there. He was one of the guys that just took me under his wing and, and taught me how to be a coach, how to manage the bag. What you want to see in practice, what you want to do. Um, so, so he's been a great, great mentor for me that way. Um and I think he's got a great coaching career ahead of him because, you know, he's played NCAA Division One. He's played, you know, East Coast a little bit in the A and and has that playing background as well to him. So just another guy that, you know, I really have fun picking his brain about random things that yeah. can pop up anytime. Well, if you can't be a player, you know, mm -hmm. coaching is a good second uh, oh, to yeah. still still be involved in that. Um mm -hmm. You know, when when you when you get all downhill, then you can have a podcast like like this and and still get involved. Exactly. So, all right. So, uh, so so let's talk about then. Uh, at what point did you? So, how did this thing come up about Sweden? So, um, Leo Gerard, who's a coach in Sweden, oh, yeah. um, he runs that Got My Team. Yep. Website. Let's put. Let's put a plug in for Got My Team. So Leo's been on the on the podcast before. What a okay. story he's got, right? Yeah. Uh, for people, I, I can't. So uh, uh, go back on, on our playlist and listen to that. And you'll find a, a young man that uh, he's coaching J20 in, in Stockholm, in Solentun, I yeah. believe it's, it is. Yeah. And and uh has the the he's got the guts to go out and just call someone ambition smart personality to be able to say i'm willing to work yeah and 
Uh, and then he started gotmyteam.com, which is a kind of a, I, how would you describe that? Um, it, it's, it's kind it's of a matchmaker for players and coaches, right? Yeah, that that's exactly it. Yeah. And it's, it's a phenomenal app. Like I, I was using it for two years now and, you know, just getting in contact with teams. And for me as a coach, I was contacting teams, you know, every couple of weeks. Um, so it, it's a phenomenal piece of equipment that you can use as a coach that you'd never really would expect 10 years ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable app. Yeah. And they were posting about this particular job or a Buden, the GM at Buden was, was posting, we need a, a J20 coach. Yeah. So, so last season um, he actually posted one about the J20 club. And by the time I started talking with Chris Janssen, the junior manager here, um that had already been filled and they offered me the j18 division one and you know i wasn't ready to leave j20 in canada u20 yep. in canada for for that and uh so this this summer it popped up again and chris and i started talking immediately and um it was just kind of you know started i think early july and by august 1st i had signed the contract and was packing my bags to come over to Sweden, which I wasn't expecting. Um, just the way that we had our conversations, it he got me excited to, you know, be a part of this program and and move forward with it. So it was it was really exciting. And talk about so we'll talk about the club next, but but your first impression when you got so so you came over there in summer, right? Uh yeah, about mid August. Yeah. Now you're coming from Canada. And been in Saskatchewan, so the, the contrast may not be as big as if you're coming from Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like being in the north of Sweden here, I was I was kind of surprised because it's it, it reminds me a lot of the BC uh, landscape. Yeah, I knew that there was going to be the Saskatchewan winter, so I, yep. I knew I was getting kind of a good mix of both. So, um, so but when so- I got. So, so for those who don't who who are listening from Canada or from from the U.S., Buden is way up north. Uh, so in the summertime, when you got there, so did you get there? What time of year did you get there? Oh, it was still probably 15, 20 degrees Celsius, probably about seventy Fahrenheit and sunny days. But was long, it July? Or was it July? Well, it, was, it was August there. Yeah. Okay, so so still, you know, just like up way up north in Canada. You know, the sun barely goes down. Yeah. Uh, you're that far up north um, yeah. in the summertime. And but but if you're from Canada, you're probably used to some of that. But. Yeah, it's a, it's a little different now. I think now we get about three, four hours of sun and uh, I'm a little lost some days. So it's uh, it's pretty different. But it's, you know, I'm spending most of my days inside this office anyway, where yeah. you don't see much sun. So, yeah. Um, so talk, so let's talk about your, your club now. Uh, so you got, uh, uh, Nicholas who's, who's coaching the J 18, helping you out with J 20, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a team, uh, it's a team within the organization and you guys help each other out. Um, but the A team or the, 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 um, uh, the pro team is in, in, in in Hokietan, right? Yeah. And yeah. one of the uh, pretty successful, I mean, you're, it's not in a bottom team in Hoketan. Mm-hmm. No, they're, I think first or second right now in the North here. So yeah. 
Yeah. So how was that for you? Was that a little bit different um, coming in where you have kind of this 1820 and, and hockey and the uh, 18 and 20 is playing in J, J18 and J20 region, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the difference, so you have the opportunity, your players to come in, play in J20 region, have mm-hmm. the ability to practice with with a hockeyathon team as well. Not everybody, yeah. but yeah. there's opportunities. Yeah, and we've probably sent up seven or eight of our guys already this year just to practice. Uh, one of them, one of our D-men, um, Herman Janssen, he's been practicing, you know, a couple times a week yep. um, every time. So, um, yeah, it's it's really good to have, you know, this kind of uh, structure with it, with the J18, J20, and Hockey Eaton, because um, we all run the same system, which, yep. you know, Yoki Fagerval, he's uh, – a well-known Swedish coach. He's been everywhere and coached everything. So the, again, having another guy who just has hockey knowledge and stuff like that. So it's, we run everything similar. Um, each team has their own little way of running it, but it's, uh, it's easy for players now to jump up levels or jump down and, and play throughout our program and understand that this is the way we expect to play at every level. But your budget so to speak i mean you're 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 a, you have a thinner um staff compare mm-hmm. yourself to Björklöven, who's umil place in Allsvenskan, long time tradition and there even though they haven't been in the shl for a long time but as an organization they have an niu for gymnasium mm-hmm. um uh you know they've they've got facilities they're in the second division and in, and in, and in, in competing to make it up back up to SHL. But mm. you know, having a hockey on a J20 region in Boden is not the same as being Allsvenskan and region in Björklöven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely you know they get and especially just the bigger city of Umeå. It's it's you know the players have something other than hockey around them and, and the community is a little bit bigger and stuff. But um, I, I think we try and we want to have that kind of organization and are working towards having that, that top tier organization here. Um, and it's, it's never going to be, you know, overnight success. It's, it's going to be over time and putting the people in the right place and bringing in, you know, the right staff to, to do that. So uh, I think there, there's, moving on into those steps to to make this the proper organization to develop players and develop program uh into something that can build one day and move up you know maybe j20 national or j18 region you know can be a top level team and you know the hockey etten team can be uh alsvenskan but isn't it for you as a j20 coach here it gives you an advantage a little bit because if you were playing if you're Björklöven and you're playing in in alsvenskan the jump between J20 region to Allsvenskan is a much bigger jump than than what you have mm-hmm. with with uh, and that's a symbiotic relationship where you know they don't have as big of a budget in Hockeyettan as in yeah. Allsvenskan and they really need that that line or mm-hmm. or three or four players uh, to be able to have development. And and also a a smaller budget to be able to rely on, you know, 
frankly, players that you yeah. don't have to pay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but at the same time for you, you can then say, man, it's the carrot to say, man, if you really bust bust it here, you can you, you're going to get promoted and that's going to be good for your career. Yeah. And we we tell our players, you know, my my guys all the time, it's it's if you want to, you know, have a shot at the hockey eating team, it's not always about the points. It's about how you play. Because, yeah. you know, you when you go up, if you get the chance, you're, you're not going to go in and be a point guy. You're, you're not going to make that jump to the pro hockey and just step in and be, you know, a point a game player 15 games in. It's going to take you time to understand the level and understand the league. So you got to do your defensive habits good and move on that way. But as, as far as the organization with the jump to, you know, the higher level, it's it's all about player development, I think, um, and giving players the opportunity to have those practices and see what it takes to play at that level. Yeah. Um, I, I do know that, you know, Bjork Lovin has some of their J20s that have played and practiced with, uh, their Elsvenskan team, which, which is going to help the J20 players understand what it takes to get to that level and and move up. So, um, yeah, I think all around it's it's just player development, and if you do it properly, players should be able to jump, you know, a level or two higher, uh, if if you know they're doing the right things and if the organization is doing the right things. So, how would you now? Let's kind of round this out with your now. You've 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 got an experience in Switzerland. You've got an experience in the NAL. You've got an experience mm -hmm. in Junior A and in in Canada and also USHL and seen kind of all those levels. And then you see, um, because you guys are are one of the top teams now in 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 J twenty region. Mm -hmm. uh, but what? It's difficult to 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 compare the the style of play, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Versus the Canadian. Explain what your opinion of the difference in style of play compared to SJHL. Honestly, um, the the way I see it is is more puck management. Um, you know, the the Swedish game that I've seen has been more. You know, if there's not a play, take it back. Wait for the openings to come and go. Whereas that that North American style is all right. We're just going to get it as deep as we can, forecheck hard, cycle low, keep those plays low, and force teams to play defense all night long. Yeah. Whereas that the the Swedish game that I've seen and coached has been okay. Let's relax. Let's find our openings and and play not so much a passive game, but more of a controlled game where you're focusing in systems and and relying on systems to win hockey games rather than just beating someone into submission almost did, did you did you were you tempted right away to go in and like we want to forecheck hard and bang on the boards and and try it i, I was tempted um i'd be lying because I mean, as a as a you know watching j20 region on a regular basis to me there is a that is the biggest difference to me is there's not a lot of hits, mm -hmm. right? And there's definitely a lot. There's not any chip and chase, and there's not any. I'm I'm going to forecheck really, really hard. And I don't know if that's just because the size of the rank is makes it too easy to break through that. I don't know. What's your opinion there? I I think that's exactly it. Is is the players? You know, I, I think that the players over in Sweden are very high skilled, and and if you you know go too hard with your stick in the wrong spot those players are finding those areas and they're able to slip the hits 
And then all of a sudden it's a five on four and they're rushing up the ice quick and taking advantage. So I think yeah. it's, uh, you know, the way I coach my team is we want to break the ice in half, force them into areas where we can have those numbers and have that physical presence mm -hmm. and then get the, the hits and the, the pucks. And um, my team still plays a little bit of the chip and chase. Um, but we, we try and place pucks behind D-men where we can have the first guy go get it rather than have our, our guy just run through the D-man in the, in the wall down in the corner. Yeah. Um, so we, I'm, I'm trying to bring a little bit of my North American style, but, ma um, make it work with the Swedish hockey player who, who's grown up with the Swedish style and knows that the Swedish style works in Sweden. Yeah. How do you think that, you know, because there's a lot of Swedish players that that are tempted to go over and play in, in North America. I know that there's because of the restrictions being European, but, you know, what's the, you know, how does the game translate for the Swedish players being in in in, in U.S. or Canada? Um, it, It's it's tough because I feel like it's always easier going from a small rink to a big rink. Yeah. Because now you have more time, you have, you know, more time with the puck, more time to skate around more areas to find. Whereas you go the opposite way and it's, you're running out of time too quick and you're not used to having a guy on you all the time and you have to find those lanes. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, there's a lot of North American or European players that go over to North America and, and find success because, it's it's quicker you yeah. things are made quicker because you have no time and you know when you don't think sometimes the best hockey iq comes out so i think that a lot of the players are able to do that and they're they're smart enough players in sweden that when they go over they're able to find those little areas that they can have success yeah yeah and i, I also think that, that swedes are really good at protecting the puck um that's one thing that, you know, we teach a lot in Canada and in the SJ and Notre Dame. We we taught puck protection skills all day long. And most of the Europeans we had who would come to Notre Dame, they were really good at protecting the puck because you're taught that at a young age. How, what about the issue here about the Swedish system of, because, of, you know, I grew up here in the U.S. Uh, from a coaching perspective and, and USA Hockey says basically, no, you can't play up. You can only play for your team. You got really strict restrictions on registrations and you versus Sweden, who's very, very open with no, if you want to play down in J18, you can. If you want to play up to to J20, you can. And there's very little restrictions and practice mm -hmm. and playing and mm -hmm. and and so on. How does that what what's your thoughts on for the player who's like, I want more, feed me more? I love that mentality. Um, uh, my opinion is it doesn't work in North America because there's too many kids that play and you just want to keep everybody at that level in their bubbles so that, you know, you don't get too many kids that are, you know, playing ahead of themselves or, you know, playing under with the weak league or something where yeah. um, I, I think it's done proper over here in Sweden where you you allow kids to take those steps, but not every kid is doing it where yeah. it's only a few are playing up and a few are playing down because of their level. And they, they can excel at that uh, higher league or they, you know, maybe they don't excel at their level that they're at right now. And they need a little bit more development where they can get it playing a little bit lower. But it gives you a lot of tools, right. As a coach mm -hmm. to be able to yeah. say, 
both from a motivation or you may see this guy like in your background where you're like, man, I, I, I really struggled at a time and lost, mm-hmm. lost the, 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 the fire. And mm-hmm. you got that fire back by playing at another level. Mm-hmm. And it could be that you have a fourth liner that, it, you know, a healthy scratch on the J 20 and then you can send them down and man, they get that confidence back and, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden you get a break or two and and now you're you you kind of got over the hump. Yeah. And, and I mean, in Bowden, we're we're lucky to have a division two team as well. So um we've we've sent probably six of our players from uh J twenty to that division two team where they where they're able to, you know, play against men, but you know, they're able to play with their game and and get a little more minutes and and have success that maybe they weren't getting at J20. And then all of a sudden, like you said, they come back and they have a little bit of confidence and they're, they're doing things that they, they were scared to try before because they didn't have confidence in it. And um, I, I think that the way that, you know, we're allowed to use our players for that rotation, you know, if, you know, J20 needs it or J18 needs a guy for practice, I'm happy to send a guy down and just get him some more reps and he can, you know, try some things. He can figure out what works. If it doesn't work at that level, maybe it's probably, or it's probably not going to work at the J 20 level. So they, they get that kind of jazz back in their game and they, they understand what works and what doesn't. I, I think that that's a really big advantage that you have being in Budan because not every team has that uh, because of whatever, you know, if you're playing in Frölunda, mm-hmm. you're probably only going to be playing for that one team. Yeah. And you either are starting or you're scratched or you may be in this role versus the ability to have more options open. Isn't that kind of a, a recruiting advantage that you have to be able to tell a guy that may be coming from Skåne mm-hmm. uh, and said, you know, hey, here I have – Lots of options at my disposal. Where were you going to be able to? You're you're going to play somewhere. Yeah. It's here, here, here. And if you are top guy, you may be able to play for, you know, Hokietan or or or, and you're going to have a big role here. You know, versus yeah. being pigeonholed into, no. There's only so much spots for you. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, we, we definitely try and, and use that in our recruitment. We, we talked to a few players already that, you know, maybe next year you're going to play J20 and you're going to have to play games with the J18s because you're still eligible. And, you know, maybe you practice with hockey Eaton as well. And if you're good enough, you can play. But we we don't, you know, see our organization as, you know, I stick with my team, Nick sticks with his, and Yoki uh, stays with his team. It's We, we want to use each other and develop our players as best we can and, and give them their opportunities to be the best player that they can. And you, you don't do that by just keeping a kid at one level. You got to, you know, give them a chance to fail at the higher level, come back down and, okay, this is what I can do. This is how I have to play now. Yeah. Or they go down, you know, are able to gain their confidence, play good, be a top minute player, power play, box play, all that stuff and, and excel. And then they come back and they're, okay, I can do this. I can do that. I, I need to block this shot here because now I know that I have to play box play or something. Well, plus they can play for a Canadian coach. That's got to be high up there, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's it was interesting actually at the start when I was here uh cuz none of the players came up to me, no one talked to me in English. And then it took probably 2 weeks and guys started like talking to me in English and they're like, "Oh, sorry, my English is bad." And they're speaking perfect English and I'm confused at what they mean by their English is bad. It it is kind of a it is a it is a it is a common trait. Um I can speak from experience with my son you know, first year over there. And, and it was, there's a lot of people that are very nervous about, uh, you have these clicks, you got some mm -hmm. that are like, Oh, I, it doesn't bother me at all. And then you got some that in reality speaks really good, good English. And then, but, mm -hmm. but they're, they're so self-conscious about using it. Um, yeah. so they don't kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, all right, well, let's round out here about, uh, two things you're, so you're 29 now, but, uh, you meet yourself at 17. I ask this question to every guest here, but you meet yourself at 17. Uh, what advice would you give yourself? Not necessarily do things differently, but what advice did would you give yourself that things you know now that you didn't know at 17 that you wish in retrospect that you knew? So you sitting there on the bench after the game and you got 12 years younger Dion here, what would you tell him? It would, it would probably be just give 100% in anything you do, whether it's life, hockey, whatever. Just go out. Don't don't worry about the mistakes. Just go out, give 100%, and whatever happens, happens, because you can plan for anything, and that plan is just going to get shoved right back to you most of the time. So um, just go out, live it to the fullest, and and enjoy I would I would be curious and never met your dad, but I would I would say that sounds a lot like your dad, right? Probably close, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh it's that, great. That's pretty similar, yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that kind of comes around. All right, last thing. So we've got a partnership. I asked the same thing to Nicholas, but we have a partnership with Target Aid. Um mm -hmm. hopefully we can shine some light on on uh, awareness and and uh, attention with contents to all the clubs for fundraising and stuff like that. But we have an initiative, which is uh, the club in your heart. Club mm -hmm. So if you were going to say, this is the team in my my heart, which one is it? Uh, outside of Bowden? It could be Bowden. I mean, I mean, Bowden, Bowden's the one that brought me to Sweden. So I got I to gotta love Bowden for that. So uh, Bowden's in my heart for sure. Okay. If it wasn't Bowden, who would who would you say? I gotta stick to the north. I'd say Lulia. I've I've really okay. enjoyed, you know, um watching their games. I've been to a few J20 games. I've been to the SHL team. Um I actually know one of the girls on the female team there. So um one of the top stick it to them. Or the top team in the SDHL, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I yep. mean they've they've done an amazing job growing uh growing that. Mm -hmm that uh women's hockey there uh an example for for all the clubs really yeah that's awesome uh uh we'll stick we'll we'll, we'll see here uh, james reason who's my contact with target aid i'm gonna leave it up to him if he decides right. no we need it we need to put it in the in the bucket of lulio uh, there you go but uh but uh, thank you so much been fun to kind of connect uh cool to have international spice up there in the in the north of Sweden, uh, and uh, and we'll keep an eye on you 
and same thing with Nicholas there. And, um, and this will come out. I've got a few episodes here in the, in the hopper. So, um, mm-hmm. it'll probably come out here about, you know, first of the year. Sounds and good. It'll be interesting to see because then the, the, the season will change. Right. Yeah. And you guys are probably going to be in the top six moving, moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, we just, we just clinched the top four for the first half last night. So, okay. Uh, we're hoping now to have a good second half. Yeah. So second half changes a little bit, so it gets mm-hmm. tougher, yeah. but it's really about uh, the opportunity to, to earn a spot in J20 national, which isn't impossible. No, nope. uh, no, it's not, but a lot of work still needs to be done. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how we can do. Yeah. Thanks a bunch. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch for sure. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Jacob.